When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Wonder of Parenting Podcast. I'm Tim Wright along with Dr. Michael Gurian. And as always, we are brought to you by our good friends, Dr. Greg Jantz and the great folks up there at the Center Place of Hope. 37 years of leadership experience providing inspired health care for restoring balance to the body, mind, and spirit. And our good friend, Dr. Marion Hill, who's here in the Phoenix area. With Man Cave, men all need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged a program designed to engage fathers with an intentional focus on family outcomes and child development. You can learn more about them at wonderparenting.com. That's wonderparenting.com. Michael, uh, you you were a parent. You raised a couple daughters. I raised a couple kids, now grandkids. And you know that heartbreaking scenario where your kids have a fever, right? And they're just sick and they feel horrible. And you pull out that thermometer to kind of figure out what's going on in their lives. Uh, and, um, you know, depending on the age of the child, of course, it might go under the arm. It might go in the rectum, in the mouth. Uh, and for you young parents, Michael, you remember this. We used to put little glass tubes filled with mercury into the mouths of children <laughs> for, three, for three minutes, right? Right. Yeah. And that would take our temperature. And then we moved to digital. And now I think they just do it on the head. But imagine that, parents, putting a little glass tube with mercury into the mouth of your kids. And, you know, we didn't wear seat belts and we didn't wear helmets either. So it's amazing that the boomer generation even survived at all. So um, <laughs> we're going to use that as a metaphor today, take, taking the temperature of our child. And we've got back with us our good friend, uh, Dr. Lori Baudino. And Lori, it's good to have you back with us. And she is fresh back from vacation. So we're expecting you to awe us today. You're refreshed. <laughs> you're relaxed. You're smiling. Uh, tell us just a little bit. How was Mexico? Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's always incredible to travel during the holidays. And we love getting our children out in nature. So you can't, you can't beat it when you're out by the, the ocean and the jungle. Yeah. Pretty spectacular. So before we talk about uh, taking the temperature of our children, what you mean by that metaphorically, let's uh, just give our, our, our listeners uh, an introduction to who you are and the work that you do. Of course. So yes, I'm Dr. Lori Badino. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in California and also in Utah. And I'm also a board certified dance movement therapist. I specialize with children zero to 18, and I look at the whole child. So when we think about movement and the body and emotional health, we want to look at not only the top down, what's happening in our brain, but what's happening in our bodies, uh, mind, body, spirit, supporting children in private practice and also in pediatric hospitals. So that's that's me. I'm also a parent of two. I've got a 13 and an almost 11-year-old. Wow. So I'm with you all out there as well. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So- 
you you sent in this this theme to us taking the temperature of your child and we're not talking about thermometers in various parts of the body yeah. you're looking at your child to, to better understand how it is that your child works in the world so that you can respond better so give us sort of an overview and we're going to tease that out uh, throughout the rest of the podcast Absolutely. Well, it's great that you brought us back in time of the temperature check. And I know all of you listening have thought about temperature check because it became the end all be all during COVID. It was like our number one start to our day throughout the day, multiple times a day at school. And so temperature check was all about that fever. Um, But I want us to also pay attention to, I kind of want to throw this um, mental health crisis upside down and really see that it's not about stopping our children's our emotional state, but that having emotions makes us alive. We want to understand our emotions and it starts with that temperature check. And Mm. I can can share more about that, but the temperature check is about our mental temperature check. So um, how's a child running hot or cold, meaning like their, their emotional state, you know, when your child's not, you know, they're super cold to you or they're running really hot and rampant. Um, Mm. We also, um, we want to notice their language, their tone of voice, their phrasing, We also want to understand their body temperature. Are they receptive to you? Are they dismissive? So that's like a body stance, right? We can see that even just in their profile, their posturing. We could talk about adolescence and their posturing, Mm -hmm. right? How they like turn away or come towards us. And then also your soul temperature. So are they filled up or depleted? So really understanding all these ways that we can have a baseline for our children and also for ourselves. And then we can start to notice when something's off. And I truly believe if we start to look at our children and get a baseline and we know more than we think we do, uh, we really know our children. If someone said to play charades and and be your child, you probably could do it. Um, and we might get a lot of laughs about it, too. Um, but really understanding our children that we don't miss out when something's different. Right. When all of a sudden they're more avoidant or they're more hyperactive or reactive. Right. We, we want to know that. And that's what I mean by temperature check. Interesting. Um mm-hmm. Michael, you and I have talked, and it might be helpful just for you to give a little bit of a, a, a big picture view. These last few years, of course, we're, we say we're a year out of COVID, but we know that COVID hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, but what, are, what were some of the things that you saw uh, taking place emotionally for our kids, especially because so many of them were housebound for at least a year? Yeah, I, I, that, I love what you said, Lori. I mean, it's what a great metaphor and a great use of it and all the different aspects of self. I, I guess if I had to pull one thing out, it would be that isolation, the, the remote learning and the isolation, um, isolation from friends, because of remote learning, but also because of COVID and, you know, all of that put together. That isolation kind of changed the temperature of kids let's say i'm staying with the metaphor you'll probably have to help me but it but it's sort of you know i thought about what you said about filling up and depleted and soul body mind all of those i think were affected by the social isolation and so that's kind of the big thing that i keep thinking about even though we're a year out we still have so many kids in in schools being homeschooled um in neighborhoods who who are still suffering the mental health effects of the isolation. Yeah. So Lori, Lori, uh, give us, uh, let's start practically. Let's start with, uh, you talked about body. What are some things that you want to observe in your kids? And if you want to give us sort of an age you're working with, that's great. Uh, just give us some ideas what we look for as a parent when we're doing a temperature check from the body perspective. Yeah. So temperature check from a body perspective is really noticing in, um, in my field, especially we look at timing. So 
how the child moves through their world. Are they moving quickly or are they more a sustained child, that delayed child that kind of moves and you're trying to get them out the house? To me, timing is the crux of all relationships. It's kind of like you feel pressured, you feel rushed, or you feel like you're being, we have these words, these labels where we say they're being lazy or withdrawn, Mm. right? So it's just timing, how they move. And what's so important is that when we look at the body, and I'll, and I'll tell some more of these body qualities, one's time, one's weight, and one's space. When mm-hmm. we look at the body, we're not looking at it as a judgment. All I want to offer is that we get a baseline. How does your child move through the world? There's nothing wrong about it. Whether they're in school or at home, these children are newly learning how to adapt and adjust and communicate to one another in a social setting with coming from a place of fear of like, what it, what does it mean to socialize? Um, and then there is also the parental influence. So I think uh, COVID gave us a great opportunity to explore like how creative are we? You know, mm-hmm. those that were really creative and found ways to adapt and, and find humor and playfulness in the interactions, you know, kind of found some of the silver lining in in COVID um, if, if there was any, right? Um, whereas, you know, others felt stuck. So the body and timing, how do we shift and move through the world? Is your body moving slow, sustained, or there's quickness? Weight is about the groundedness, heaviness. So is there like a weighted down feeling or a push and pull feeling, a a heaviness about the child? Is there a lightness? They kind of like kind of whimsically float through the world. And as I'm saying this, I hope you're picturing your child because you you instantly will know how they move. Hmm. And if they aren't feeling one of these, you're like, oh, they do both. That's okay too, but you'll notice when they feel depleted, when they feel like we say depressed, right? The body's being pressed down on, they move differently. Hmm. When they're feeling their best self, they've got their best friend there, they're playing, they're engaging with you, the quality shifts, right? We see this. And another quality I'll just add in there is space. So do they tend to be a kid that's like, you tell them something or they're motivated, they go straight to it, they know right where they're going, moving you know, from point A to point B, I'm from the East Coast. Originally, we say this is like our typical East Coaster. We know where we want to go. We go straight for it. Or are they kind of the kid that kind of takes in the whole space and they're kind of moving around and picking up a lot of things going on? Again, there's no right or wrong in this. But you'll notice, again, when something's wrong, you tend to have that quote. I I always use quote marks for labels because I always want to get rid of labels. But Mm -hmm. The bossy kid, the controlling kid, that's the kid that's starting to move from point A to point B. They're trying to take over. If that kid doesn't usually do that, something's going on mentally and physically. We can see this in the body and there's a direct parallel relationship between how the body moves and the psychological and emotional state. So those are three I would say we could start with. So we're going to pick up on that more. You're listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. And uh, on the other side, we're going to tease out a little bit more what that means, especially for the emotive and the soul. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we're with Dr. Lori Badino, and we're talking about taking the temperature of our children. And uh, you were talking about body movement. And again, I, what, what I, what I'm hearing in part is you're not saying we're, 
we're making a judgment that, okay, my child is slow, so my child needs to move fast. We're just saying, my child moves this way, and when my child isn't moving that way, it suggests that something is up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, give us, I, I know you talked about, uh, there's the emotive area as well. What are some things you look for there? So emotionally, uh, we're talking about that running hot or cold, right? We're talking about that temperature, right? So um, noticing their language. Uh, Children today, again, we have these broad stereotypes, but those in the tech world, technology world, there might be infrequent use of words. They might not be saying so much, but that's when we can use the body, which is great. Um, But noticing their language, you know, are they using full sentences? Are they a kid who talks a lot and now they're not talking a lot? Um, are they using social jargon? Are they are they tend to change their voice tone? Is there a snappiness and a, an abruptness, or is there more of a he- hesitation or stuttering? These are all parts that we do as psychologists in our intake. You know, each session we're writing. How did they? How was their language? How are the, how was their tone? Their their voice, um, and then phrasing. You know, just noticing. Oftentimes, um, again, we tend to think on the special needs area, kids that script. They say things over and over again. I hear a lot, even with our quote, neurotypical kids, that they're scripting before transitions. You know, they go into a dialogue where all of a sudden they're like, I don't want to go. I'm not going. And they're hearing a lot of no's. I hear that as a script. I hear that as them saying, I'm not ready for this. I didn't predict it. I need more information. I don't necessarily think they're saying, no, I can't do it or I won't. They're just saying I need more time, possibly. So really thinking about how those phrases, are they benefiting the child? Is there is there something that's hindering them? What are they really trying to say? And I'll just add in, um, I call them subtitles. I always want to go underneath those those words. What is it? What's the emotion here? Less about the content and more about like, what are they really saying? What do they need? And, and words are so powerful. Um, words help us even in, in terms of parenting. So like how we introduce something saying, do you want to do it? You might get a no. If you say we are going to do it, how would you like to get there? That might get them out the door, mm, right? Interesting. So phrasing in mental and emotional is really important. But it starts again with the body. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'm going to ask you, um, I'm going to give Michael a chance to respond here a little bit, but I want to ask you to think about, it might be one of your own kids or it might be someone you worked with, just to give us an example of how this works. Here's a child who moved this way, they were moving this way, and it said this about that child or their emotions. But Michael, this is such fascinating stuff. What, what, tell me what you're hearing. Well, I'm lo- you know, it's, I love hearing it. And the, the thing that stood out for me that I think is so important for, for parents to hear is this, uh, what you just said at the end, Lori, about, you know, if you say we're going, we're, we're going there, how do you want to get there? Right. That's, that's different than should we go there? Um, or should we get in the car? Right. Or should we go out to the backyard? But instead, um, if we, the parent know, you know, well, this is a good thing. We got to go do this. Then it's so much better to avoid all the power struggle. Right. And just say, we're going out into the backyard. What do you want to take with you? Or something that that um, uh, gives that direction. I, I love that you said that. About all the other things you said were great too. But I love that because we, in this generation of parents, we're constantly trying to say to this generation of parents, you you guys know a lot. You know, you're really smart. And if you know your child should do this, then it's not abusive for you to just do it. Just say, this is what we're going to do. So that, I love that above all else. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. So, all right. So give us, give us kind of a, a walking example. Ha <laughs> ha. Plan yeah. Give us a moving example of how movement tells you something about a child. 
Yeah, I, I have so many examples. I kind of take a breath because they're like, there's heartbreak and there's also mm-hmm. so much joy. Um, you know, I have, I'm thinking about a client uh, in the past that um, I actually have written about. So I'm kind of composite of all these clients together. So it's, so it's uh, right. I've seen it multiple times, right? Um, so a, a child who, you know, seemingly gets by in school, um, you know, seems to have friends, seems to wake up, do, do goes through the motions, right? Um, this child tends to get not noticed. Mm. Um, so child, you know, working with me is saying, you know, they're not really feeling motivated about life, but no one really notices, right? So we're seeing this in the, in the body. We might see more slumped shoulders, more mm. uh, sustainment, more that slowness in their, their movements, um, not really moving from point A to point B, not really motivated, you know, just, uh, kind of moving through space. So I wouldn't say there's any like directionality, like intention, just, but again, no avoidance either. Right. Um, we see that the child, uh, has, has a weightedness about them, kind of heaviness in their posture, mm-hmm. but they're not very loud about it. Right. So we tend to notice kids that are a lot more, you know, we quote aggressive, right? More active, more vibrant where we can like see them, right? This kid doesn't necessarily get noticed. Um, They notice that when they talk, it's just short phrases. If they say, how are you? They say, fine, you know, not, not, not much. Right. Um, And then when we look back, the parents are saying, this is a kid who used to be really energetic, full of, full of ideas, really playful in the playground, especially at home, symbolic play, making up stories. Right. So, you just hear already this shift, yep. right? You see these qualities of like, they were like this and now they're like this. Now we could say this is just development, right? Oh, maybe they're growing up and it's adolescence, right? Or young, you know, pre, pre-adolescence and they're just changing. Um, but I think it's important to look at what is that temperature about that child? What's happening for them? Well, that's that's really interesting. So, so you've got this, let's say a, a really energetic child this one's probably fairly easy to figure out always energetic always you know chattering and then suddenly becomes really quiet shoulders slumped um i would imagine it's a little tougher with the 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 quiet child and reading uh so what what do you look for because i don't know that they automatically become loud and boisterous right absolutely Uh, so you've got you've got that that child who's really quiet uh, obeys everybody, you know, it's just kind of that perfect kid. How do you, what do you read? What are you looking for in that body movement? Yeah. What's so, I love that you're asking that because I get excited because it's like detective work to uh-huh. me. It's not about going from slowness to quickness. Like all of right. a sudden they become this vibrant, energetic person, right? We're not trying to change the child. We're trying to say like, this is what you adaptively, this is an adaptive response. So you're surviving here. This is your best self outward to the world. You're saying this feels safe to me. I'm going to just contain myself, go with the, you know, I'm kind of going with it, not fighting it, but you know, I'm not thriving. Right. Um, so I want to look at, and, and there are many ways to do this, but my first response is to go to directness, go to the quality of space, how to give them some intention and purpose when we think of hard topic, but when we think of suicidal ideation or suicidal high anxiety kiddos, we want them to feel like they're not a burden and that they're, they have purpose. Mm. So right there, we have direction. Mm. So helping this child start to move with direction, but it doesn't mean, Hey, I need to see you get up and I want you to assert yourself and go after something really hard. 
what I supported the child to do, and obviously there's more to the story, but is actually just to shift their posture. What happens when you go to school and on your way to school, let's test this out. And the child noticed they didn't, they could walk by 20, 30 people in the morning and not one person would say hi to them. Not one parent, not one teacher. They would just walk through school Mm -hmm. because they weren't disruptive and they didn't initiate. So there was nothing. So there's also something the child can do. We can empower the child. So just shifting the child to put their shoulders back, Mm -hmm. lift their head up. What would that be like? Could that be possible? Would that be okay? Would that feel comfortable? Of course, we worked on this for a while, like in our time together. So I wasn't forcing them to do something they didn't want to do. But even that posturing, all of a sudden they walked in and they looked upright and they made eye contact with someone. And guess what? Someone said hi to them. We started tracking this and the child was able to say, five people said hi to me today. What happened when they said hi? Oh, I said hi back. I felt a sense of belonging. I felt a sense of connection. Now we started to shift their focus, right? So that that was just an example of how just the subtle shift of their body posturing could support, but it doesn't mean upright posture means happiness, <laughs> but in this scenario, um, just how that directness of, of shifting the body could support that interaction. I want to, I want to um, spend our last 10 minutes together talking about the soul, because that was really interesting when you said that. And uh, so we're going to take one uh, one more quick break, and we, this is the Wonder Parenting Podcast. We'll be back with Dr. Lori Bodino to talk about the soul. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Dr. Lori Bodino, you've been sharing some really interesting stuff with us. And uh, you said that we we want to focus on taking the temperature of our kids, uh, look at their bodies, uh, kind of look at how they uh, tend to share emotions and live out emotions. But you also mentioned about the soul, which that's like picking up water. Tell us what you mean by the soul. Yeah. So that's that, you know, that noticing their energy level, that vibrance, that, that felt sense. And, and I truly do believe that there's such a, there's such a, I, I, I talk about this idea of um, it's not physical. It's it's sorry. It is physical. It's not personal. So when we have these interactions, of course, we have history, we have epigenetics, we have emotional, you know, we get triggered, right, as parents, as children. So there's a lot of feelings and it can feel really personal. But when we look at it from a body perspective, it's not so personal. It's just physical. It's the body moving through space. We are feeling, sensing beings. And I truly believe that when we look at that soul, that spirit of who we are, we're supposed to be feeling. 
We're supposed to be having these in, in, um, information to our body. And if we tap into them, I call them our sensory superpowers. When we tap into our senses, we get to know ourselves, and it, it's helpful. Um, I, I might digress, but I, I think about this, the bear, right? He has this sense of smell and he has a strong sense of smell. He's not trying to like push it away or stop it. He's like, I have the sense of smell. I'm aware of what I can do with it. And I'm going to adapt and survive and find my fish and food, right? But for some reason, the human spirit in our society, we have these feelings and we want to stop them. We want to squash that spirit. Um, we have a lot of things where we have kids doing what they're told, um, which obviously there's some really positives about that. But we also aren't helping them to have this intrinsic awareness of, of who they are and what they believe in and, and how they can judge. Am I feeling comfortable in my gut? Like, how do I... How do I know what's right and what's wrong? So the spirit is about helping the children tap into how do I feel in this moment and and how do I impact the world and, and how do I make decisions? Um, but spirit is, is such a, a beautiful, it's it's um, innate in us. It's something that crosses all cultures. Um, a lot of cultures move and dance in community through spirit and engagement. Um, I could go on for, for days about it. Um, so so spirit is about really helping your child um, find find a sense where you're joining them, where you're acknowledging who they are as an individual, hearing their feedback, giving them intention in the home, um, especially during COVID and even just during heightened times of anxiety. It's like, where do they assert their control? Where do they be, feel belonging? Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, when I, when I listen to this, I think about that Gurian model of uh, nature and then nurture. And um, I hear that in that, you know, what what is the spirit of my child and how do I nurture that? Are you hearing that? Yeah, absolutely. It, in a way, it all comes together for uh, in spirit or in soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but because soul is like you said, Tim, touching water, right? Which mm-hmm. is which is impossible, let's say, or trying to hold water in your hands, which is impossible. We it's manifest in all these other things. It's manifest in body, mind, etc. And um, but like Aristotle said, right? The soul is in every cell. So mm-hmm. um, so in a sense, that's that's true. Soul is in every cell. And later we might say, <clears throat> well, the genes are the soul. You know, that's your soul. That's in every cell. Um, but we're always going to say, wait a minute, it's somehow it's big and somehow it's spirit, uh, and somehow it's an amalgam of everything. And, and yeah, I absolutely agree that when we nurture the nature of a child, we, we want to nurture that soul as part of of that child's nature. And, um, and what you said, Lori, about, about, uh, the posture, changing the posture of the child, mm-hmm. um, this is so important for people, I think, because, and it has to do with soul in a way, I think, because when, like when I work with clients, so often I'll hear people say, I, I am invisible to other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and they are, you know, at the same time, I ask them to describe their behavior. Like you talked about, Larry, with walking down the hall. What do you do when you walk down the hall? Well, if, if when you walk down the hall of the school, your eyes are always lowered and your, you know, shoulders are hunched and, um, then I kind of reframe it for them and say, well, you have asked to be invisible and people are paying you that respect. So they aren't Mm -hmm. seeing you because everything about you is saying, don't see me. I don't want to react or interrelate with you. I don't really want to be seen. Just let me walk down this hall without being seen. And so people are respecting you and they're not seeing you. So um, that doesn't, it doesn't have to do with every single case, but I think you know what I mean. So then I have to say to them, and you've just said it even beautiful, even better than I have, 
change your posture, you know, make eye contact, try to try to say something to someone that, you know, is somewhat friendly when you're passing them in the hall, you know, and, and just say, how you doing? And then, like you said, smile and these sorts of things, right? We're trying to retrain these teens so that they don't feel invisible. Well, I think in the context of what you said, Lori, we could say that we're retraining them to show their soul to, to, um, so that their soul is not invisible um, because they clearly don't want to be invisible, but they are acting in a way that makes their soul invisible. So I don't know. Did that make it make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, so it, it, to kind of take it back to where we started, we know that our children are sick when they become really lethargic. Uh, there may be signs of, you know, their faces flush. They've got a runny nose you know, diarrhea, they're throwing up. We know something's wrong. Uh, we can put the back of our hand on their forehead and we can feel their body isn't doing what their body's supposed to do. And Lori, what you're suggesting is that there are ways to see the nature of our children, how it is that they move through life, um, how it is that they uh, show their energy and their gifts. Um, and to be aware of changes that are taking place in their lives but what I also hear you saying, and, and uh, you can ex, uh, expand on this a bit, it's it's kind of picking up on Mike, Michael's nurture aspect. It's not only understanding who they are, but it's playing that role of mentor to help bring out the best in their nature, into how they express their soul, how they move in the world. Absolutely. When you're saying that, I'm thinking about how I, I think our children, not they didn't intend this, but they become our little gurus, right? They're like sent to us and we learned all these things we never even wanted to learn um, all about patients and all the things, right? Um, and yet, you know, we can offer that back to them that that we get to celebrate who they are. Um, I, I truly do look at all behaviors as, as movement, as um, adaptive responses. They're trying to survive. They're trying to thrive. Um, they're not, not trying to act bad or, you know, difficult or confusing. Um, and, and the greatest thing is that the body doesn't lie. So mm. when we stick to what we see in front of us, I see you have tears in your eyes. I see your face scrunched up. I see your shoulders up to your ears. Then the child gets to explain what that feeling is. It could be anger. It could be exhaustion. It could be disappointment. It could be confusion. It could be like 15 different things all at once. It could be like, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And they also could feel kind of happy that they are wearing their favorite shirt. Right. So there, there's so many feelings there, but the body tells us who they are um, it, or it doesn't, it adds to it. It's an extra lens. And I, and I love the idea that parents could start to realize we actually know our children so much more than we think we do. Um, and, and even just to like notice your child, like go into their room today or see them in the morning and notice like, is this the kid I, I know? Or are they, is there something a little different? doesn't mean we have to poke and prod and be like, you're walking differently today. We don't have to ask so many questions. We just start with the body. We start moving like them. Maybe if they're moving slow, we slow down and join them. Mm. We might expand and move a little quicker. When we see them after a long day, we're, we're getting back into school after the holidays Instead of asking a million questions and realizing, like, why aren't they talking back? Why are they answering us? Um, you can just join them in their bodies and just notice, like, huh, every day I pick them up from school, there's like a sprightliness about them. There's like an uplifted feeling or like maybe there's not. Um, I, I hear often parents will say, like, oh, school's amazing for my kid. And then they come down. There's huge meltdowns at home. <laughs> something wrong at home. <laughs> That's what mm. they think. And could there be something, you know, 
not, not the most supportive in terms of the dynamic that's going on at home? Possibly. But it also could be that they're holding it together all day. And right. it doesn't mean school is bad or the teacher's wrong or anything negative. It could just be that we need to tweak some of the, the language or the environment a little bit or the scheduling or the type of school uh, or the timing. There's so many parts of it that all of a sudden we shift that and then they're more even across both environments, right? Yeah. Um, so the body really gives us so much beautiful information. So I'm hoping it's an added lens, right? We're not taking yeah. away from the language or anything else, but just adding in. It, it's so helpful yeah. because I, I think we as parents, uh, it's easy to react to the moods of our kids. Totally. And, uh, you know, if they're uh, a little slow that day, man, we just want to hurry them up. And if they're too hyper, we want to calm them down. And they have a meltdown and we're sort of, you know, we're having our own meltdown. And you're, you're inviting us to sort of pause and say, all right, let's take the temperature here. My child is telling me something and uh, let's play detective now and figure out what it is. Um, for one thing, it's going to bring some sanity to you and your family, uh, but it's going to bring some wholeness to your child. And in the process, your child's going to sort of learn how to take his or her own temperature as life goes on, right? And become a better yeah. Person. I, yeah, well said. Yeah. I love telling, um, helping parents. One of my uh, through lines as a psychologist is helping parents find predictability in parenting. I feel like when we're stuck in the confusion of like, why are you doing that? What's wrong with you? Right. Our, our reactive responses, then things get really tricky and hard. But if we're like, oh, yeah, my child, um, my own daughter, I'll call her out. We were just at dinner the other night with a huge group on the beach, lots of sensory information going in there. And she tended to be really loud and really boisterous. And I felt there was a part of me that was like, ooh, like, is this, you know, etiquette for the table? it triggered me. She was perfectly in her element, right? But that gave me information to be like, okay, of course she's revved up. This is all the elements that she thrives on. She's a beach girl and she's eating at the beach with tons of people. It had all the parts that she loved. And so I got to check myself and say, mm -hmm. okay, her temperature, she's just in her best element. I need to either rev up and have a little bit more fun tonight or, you know, ask her, please, could we meet halfway? And could she, you know, have this and that, you know, so we could have a dialogue about that, but mm. um, you know, it, it, it's fun. It gets yeah. fun. Mm. So Lori, tell us uh, what your website is so people can check up on you and find out what resources you offer. Of course. My website is drlorybadino.com and that's L-O-R-I-B-A-U-D-I-N-O.com. And, and it's doctor as in D-R. Yes. Yes. Thank yeah. you. D-R. Yep. Yep. And we will make sure once uh, this podcast airs, we'll put that information up on our Wonder of Parenting uh, Facebook page for people as well. Uh, Lori, it has been a delight again to have you with us. Such good information. Time just flew by. We'll do it again sometime. We appreciate you. And uh, Michael, thank you. Thank you, thank you both so much. Yep, you're welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.